You're listening to the DMZ Movers and Shakers podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs by the world-leading tech incubator, the DMZ. In this podcast, each episode brings in the movers and shakers of the world to cover leadership mentality, tips for business owners, and much, much more. So without further ado, let's get into it. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Abdullah Snowbar. I'm the executive director of the DMZ and the CEO of DMZ Ventures. The DMZ is an incubator and accelerator where we help tech startups grow their businesses by providing them with high impact, high intensity, and highly customized program for the founders to validate and build and hopefully scale their startups. Thank you all for joining us today. Today, we are super excited to welcome Sabrina Jeremiah, VP and Country Manager for Google Canada. Welcome, Sabrina. Great to have you with us. Great to see you. How are you? Excellent. I'll share a bit more about you with our audience, if that's okay. And then we'll get started right into some of the questions that we're excited to hear from you on. So Sabrina has over uh, 25 years of international experience in sales, marketing, and technology. She's championed numerous programs at Google aimed at helping Canadians and Canadian businesses thrive in the digital economy. Sabrina was previously recognized by the Women's Executive Council as one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women, and there's no surprise there, that's for sure. Uh, and earlier this year, uh, she was named Woman of the Year by the Women in Communication Technology in Canada. So congrats on all these incredible successes, Sabrina. Thank uh, you. Let's kick things off with some rapid fire as we typically do with all of our guests. So in a fun game that we like to call this or that, I'll give you two options, Sabrina, and you have to tell us which one you choose, i.e. prefer. If you're ready, we can get started. Let's go. All right. AI or blockchain? AI. Dogs or cats? Cats. Ah, Google Maps or Google Calendar? Mm, Google Maps. It gets you places. All right. I think Google Calendar makes sure that I get places. <laughs> yeah, they really, yeah. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. Pasta or pizza? I'm Italian. A really nice pasta. Nice. Morning or evening? Mm, morning, but not too early. All right. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Summer or winter? Fall. Fall. I like that. <laughs> outside the box, Sabrina. I like that. Books or movies? Books. The last question, and this is going to be a difficult one. Italy or Canada? Canada. Canada. <laughs> I would really, I dreamt about Italy last night. I would love to just kind of, you know, for this pandemic to be over and to have the chance to go back and see my relatives and friends in there. Um, that's maybe a dream that I've got on the on the horizon. I think we're all dreaming about Pusitano at this point, sitting down on the beach with, with <laughs> and just enjoying our time, right? But uh, and a book using Google Maps to get us there, right? <laughs> that's awesome. So why don't we get started, Sabrina, with the first question. You've been a 14-year veteran at Google, uh, which is amazing and very impressive. So to start off, can you just tell us a bit more about your role? What does a VP and a country manager do at Google Canada? Yeah, so we have a big presence in Canada. So we're about 1,700 people. We're four offices, and it's this really unique role the majority of my day job is I run our business development team, and they're the folks that actually partner with large clients across Canada, help them understand how to use our platforms and tools from measurements to search to YouTube, find customers and grow their businesses, you know, whether their target audience is Canada or abroad. That keeps me pretty busy, but um, there's also the country manager role comes along with the idea of setting a one Google strategy for Canada. So you probably had heard that, you know, we had uh, Ruth Porat, our CFO, come in February. We have expansion plans to go to over 5,000 people in Canada, across multiple offices, et cetera. So it's working with all of the different people across the team and different functions, et cetera, to set a vision and a strategy for Canada and to make that come true. 
Awesome. Sounds like a heavy role. Lots of really nice and cool things going on, but definitely no small responsibility. Maybe let's talk about the current state and what's happening, obviously, with COVID. But more specifically, I think in, in the start of a new decade, 2020 began with a lot of exciting anticipation for businesses, large and small, both in Canada and abroad. However, I think COVID put a bit of a thorn in that and uh, it's changed the landscape of the economy and shifted the objectives in one way or another for every single company. Can you tell us about Google's response to the pandemic with respect to helping businesses and what new initiatives have been designed for startups and small businesses? Yeah, I mean, you know, the 2020, I think every person on this call and myself included has multiple folders that say 2020 plans from five years ago. And I don't think any of us included the word pandemic plan or contingency yeah. plan for a major world event. So this was just such a crazy, unanticipated thing that hit us so quickly. And it, it is so huge. What I will say is that our team, like we have been working around the clock to really respond to this and to help Canada, help Canadians, help our clients, help businesses across Canada really navigate this and come out strong the other end. So I mean, I'll talk you through because there's quite a bit and it's important and there are some resources for startups, et cetera, to know about. So the first and foremost thing is our mission, right? We are here to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And so the most important thing is that Canadians get really good information about the healthcare crisis. So we have a lot of panels that are there. We have a lot of information across search and YouTube, just driving billions of impressions that go right to the Canadian government. And that's that's really, really important work. There's a tool too, you know, when you think about our search is Google Trends. And I'm hoping that the startups in your community are looking at that and using that. We're publishing a lot of the insights we're seeing on coronavirus. So for example, the notion that uh, people are looking for CERB payments or people are looking for how many cases in Canada, et cetera, is pretty clear. So the information is really important, but then, you know, you asked about what we're doing for Canadians and businesses. And you know, the Canadians, when you think back to that March period, it was like the week of March break, we all set mm -hmm. up home and suddenly our offices were in living rooms, bedrooms, kitchen tables across the country. And our kids were suddenly at home with us, which was another really interesting thing if you are also a working parent, right? So one of the most important thing was enabling productivity in this time and really propelling it. So we made Google Meets free for everyone, and this is the premium edition, and that's till September. So I imagine many of the startups in your community are using that. And a lot of these features and functionalities will continue. And we did a lot with the community around education and this whole challenge. I am a homeschooling vice principal in addition to being a VP at Google. And let me tell you, it's challenging at times, right? Like especially when everything was pivoting over. So Google Classroom is uh, something that has really accelerated. I think there's like 185 languages. It's gone from 50 million to 100 million adoption. And in Canada, we really focused on training teachers. So we trained 10,000 teachers, just like opening it up, helping people use these tools because they too were working from home, right? They were teaching from home. And we have some really great sites called Teach From Home, uh, Learn From Home that are really helpful for folks. So, so that's critical. And I think like the underlying part of this too is just skills. Everyone is learning digital skills and using digital tools at an unprecedented rate. So we have doubled down a lot on our skills to meet the moment. And that looks like there's a great repository. It's called Grow with Google. And just for anyone watching, we will uh, send or I'll send to Abdullah to share with you all the link of all these 
resources because I appreciate there's quite a, a few that you'd be jotting down. But in Grow with Google, we have a lot of the modules and the self-paced learning that we use at Google to learn things. So I've, I've told the story many times about like, you know, introduction to machine learning. We retrained all of our engineers and 18,000 people took this course. Now it's free for anyone. Skillshop is basically what my team uses to learn about digital marketing. And there's a really new neat one called uh, Grow with Google on Air. So you can sign up to these trainings. And then when you signed up to them, you can get virtual coaching one-to-one. -one. So if there's some really neat ones, if you go on the site right now, they're a lot wider than just digital marketing or a product. So uh, if you're a startup and you have some capacity there, I would really encourage you to check that out. And then the core of what we do is businesses, right? It's supporting businesses. And one of the big initiatives we launched in this period is called Shop Here. Mm -hmm. um, we met really early and we stared down the alarming stat of like just how important small businesses are to the Canadian economy. It's 90%. And the majority of them, they're not digitally ready. A lot of them don't have websites. So we partnered with Digital Main Street. They're, they're the ones driving it. Shopify is involved. A lot of other great partners are involved. And the goal is to get 50,000 small businesses online. It's hiring 1,700 people. Like these are all students that are being hired. So learning great skills. Hopefully they'll be the pipeline for many of the startups that are on this call and pairing them with these companies and trying to get these companies online really quickly. So it's it's been a lot, you know, and there's there's also work going on in the healthcare area. Um, there's a lot of work going on in data insights when you think about the mobility reports that we are publishing to show, you know, as the economy opens and closes and restrictions are in place, where people are moving at this aggregated level that have been really helpful. So there's been a lot of really great work, but it's really about Canadians and skills, helping them find jobs, helping support the startup ecosystem, helping support businesses of all shapes and sizes. That's amazing. And we're going to talk about skills in a bit. You know, I love what you're doing because in, in many cases, you alluded to this, we're actually helping a lot of people that were not as digitally savvy right now to people that they would have a hard time to connecting to because of the challenge of COVID and social distancing and whatnot. You're helping amplify the need for startups to be able to use technology at a, at a much more rapid and efficient way and pace and obviously doing it for free. So thank you. And I'm glad we're using your platform today. To your point with Shop Here, you're helping support Main Street, which I think is incredibly important, assuming that we want to see small business continue to grow and thrive, even in a digital economy where it's a bit harder or maybe they weren't moving at the same pace that they should have. So I think it's all such good news and I'm glad that Google's really ahead of the game on this one. So it's fantastic. If we move on, I'll preface this question with the following. Before Google uh, moved its offices in Toronto to 111. You were actually located right at Young and Dundas Square called Tun Dundas Street East, which is where the DMZ is currently headquartered. So we took over a lot of the cultural feel of Google, which, and we thank you for all the stuff that you left behind for us to kind of build on. And we really appreciated all that. So it goes without saying, Sabrina, that Google's office culture has been admired and so many times replicated wow. among thousands and thousands of companies, tech and non-tech alike, delicious streets, uh, games rooms, eternity rooms, or even communal sitting areas to bring comfort to employees, faster collaboration, and even build a really strong culture. So now today, you kind of fast forward to 2020, millions of Canadians and even people outside of Canada who typically worked in an office environment are now working from home. Many employers, big and small, are obviously developing new ways to manage distributed teams. What steps have you folks taken to maintain team culture during this time? And what advice would you share with small businesses, leaders, even like people like the DMZ who are still 
climatizing to this you know completely digital setup understanding that google is the leader on this front yeah it's amazing right almost as, as you said that it made me think you know this is the great equalizer of culture right yeah. it doesn't matter if you like are a huge business with a beautiful office or someone working like we're all working the same way right and so it's been a big change for us as well. And, you know, I, I know and love that office that the DMZ is in well. And, you know, when I was a board member of the DMZ, I loved coming in that room because it had just so many <laughs> memories for me, right? Okay. Uh, I sat all over that office, so I know it really well. You know, I think the first thing is in this period, I think it's really important to anchor on your purpose. And your purpose really needs to be about the meaning and what you're trying to drive. Like everything I just described that we, we've been doing at Google for me, like I have been so motivated by our purpose of helpfulness as a company and helping the Canadian economy through helping businesses, helping Canadians, right? And then also helping my team, right? So I look at it that way. I call Team Clients Canada is like what I always try to think about and how I anchor myself every day and helpfulness is what we're trying to do across all those things. So thinking about what your purpose is, communicating it, over-communicating it, living it, I would say is the windshield wiper to volatility and all of these things in these uncertain times and is, is really, really important um, to think about. And I know so many startups and scale-ups in Canada have an amazing purpose. So now's the time to really kind of think about how, how you make that come to life. But I would say we focus on three things. We focus on the people, we really focus on setting boundaries, and we've also focused on routines. And focusing on the people, everyone has a unique situation. I described, you know, the challenges of having kids at home. I mean, at least my kids are a little older. They're, I'm on Hangouts all day, and there's kids running in and out. There's people who have sick people in their family. There are expats that are here, and their families are far away. So I think really knowing what's going on with your team and making that space for this conversation, how are you checking in? Uh, I know that we do that involuntarily very a lot in one-to-ones, but in this period, I think you really need to listen for how is that person doing and the frontline managers manage, like it's so important that you're creating space for that and understanding that and supporting your people. Second thing on boundaries, you know, you can burn out pretty quickly doing all day with no breaks, 10 mm -hmm. hours a day, you got to set boundaries. Um, so whether you're using the functions on Google Calendar to say, I am out of office after this time, um, that you're fully present in other things that you're doing with other people in your life, that you're making mini breaks. I mean, one thing I've really enjoyed doing is I've certain one-to-ones. Now I'll do a walking one-to-one. -one. So I schedule it as 45 minutes. The person sends me the agenda with the key write-ups. I have 15 minutes digesting time of that agenda, so it's actually calendared. And then I put on my Google headphones and my phone and my shoes, and I am walking around the neighborhood uh, discussing the points. And the person with me usually brings their phone, and they're walking in their neighborhood. We can always hear lawnmowers. <laughs> and then they, are, they take the next steps and, and action items and so on. And I think that one has been great because it just separates you. I know some other people are not doing all GVCs all day. Uh, there's a lot of research and, you know, uh, news articles on how much that tires you out. So flipping some to phone calls. And I think, you know, really putting boundaries is important. And then the last thing is routines. Like you, you've got to restructure your organization and your operating model for this type of interaction. So our weekly all hands is 
really important to us. And we kind of just up leveled the game quite a bit on this. And I've never seen a bigger turnout every week than I have in this work from home. Some people join 25 minutes early just to listen to the music and like while we're waiting to start up, just to have the sense of belongingness. It's, it's really interesting, you know? And so I think these at scale moments that you orchestrate and your team moments and the routines that you have, like one of the things we're really focused on is also using our time more effectively, making sure you've got great meetings, that you have an agenda, right? That the purpose is clear, that it's followed up. Because if you don't have that, cancel the meeting and give people back time. And I did that yesterday. Like it just, it, we weren't ready for this meeting. I gave 10 people back an hour of their day. And I think everyone was super grateful for it. Just using the moment. And, and I will say that this is a hard moment. It's hard for everybody, but it's also a really productive learning moment. I'm seeing people grow in this period and I'm seeing us just get sharper and better in how we work. And I think that's a real opportunity for everyone is just to take the most out of this moment because there's a lot of good that can come from it. Love it. Tone from the top. And I think it's important to actually ensure that, uh, that you're pushing that message out because a lot of employees and colleagues don't really know what the best practice approach might be that would keep them as a valued member of the team, right? Rather than looking like they're trying to slack off or whatnot. So good that you're actually putting that those measures in place and kind of giving that flexibility. So appreciate it. So maybe moving on to the next question, which you kind of alluded to already regarding talent. Before the pandemic, the Canadian workforce was already dealing with a pretty big shortage of skilled tech talent. So a report prior to the pandemic found that 72% of Canadian CEOs showed that their concern about the availability of digital skills in their industries was lacking. And I think it continues to be that way. And if not, probably more, especially on how fast we've grown on the digital side. So with moves to more remote teams as a result of COVID-19, there's obviously a, a more urgency for digital skills than ever before. And the digital skills gap continues to grow. Sabrina, I know that you are very involved and committed to improving this area specifically, and you're sitting on different countless groups and boards and whatnot. Can you tell us a bit more about Google's programs for developing the digital skills needed to face the challenges the pandemic has created and how business leaders can equip and train their own staff for the new remote settings in a, uh, in a time crunch? Yeah, this is, I'm really passionate about it. And I would say actually this period is accelerating the skill base of the Canadian workforce. So I'm hoping that in the longer run, if, if we get this right, we can come out of the other end with a more skilled workforce. I think there's a lot of work to be done. I'm on the future skills advisory and it's a real paramount thing about what is working and what isn't. If you're really interested on in the theory behind it, the future skills advisory has some really good research. And there was one stat that like, I don't know, haunts me still. Something like six out of 10 Canadians who are working have not received training from their employer in the past five years. I was so taken aback from that because I think about how much training is a part of our everyday life. Like I'm a senior leader at Google. I do the same product training as someone who is got a year's work experience or a couple of years and is just new on my team. And this is technical product understanding. And um, I have to pass exams every three months. And it's just because digital changes so rapidly. And that's probably the most important thing. If you don't have the mindset to want to learn, to always learn, it's going to be really tough in this industry. And I think that's what I love about this industry is that you're always learning. So I would say the mindset and hire for the mindset as much as you hire for the skills and making sure that people are always going to do that. In terms of skilling, my urge to all the business leaders out there is that you make this a priority for your team, whether it's two people or 200, right? 
and you think about the skills that you need today and tomorrow, and there's different ways to think about it. You can benchmark other companies. You can think about where your business model, but it's very much linked to your business goals of what you need to do and go to. And then you set up a plan and you have the person own their learning and development plan, right? So some of the resources that we can have to help you out with that is the Grow with Google site. Like I said, that exam that I do, go to Skillshop. Like the majority of this training is there's an abridged version of it there for everybody to use. These Grow with Google on airs, soft skills and hard skills, right? How do I lead in these times? How do I do all these different things? And a lot of learning, it doesn't always need to be a formal course that you're pacing. Mentors sponsors, etc. And just doing the work. Like I think the beautiful thing about digital is hands on keyboard is the best way to figure these things out versus just sitting in a classroom. But you know, we've hired people that knew nothing about digital, nothing. Yeah. But they went to BrainStation, they they did, you know, the online certificates on search, and they showed up in the interview so well. And we're like, well, we'll take a bet on you. And they're some of our best people now, right? It's entirely learnable, which is what I appreciate about it. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Shifting into the next question, Sabrina. So 2020 obviously has provided us with so many surprises. And in short, let me just say, you know, history likes to remind us that with unprecedented times comes unprecedented opportunities. So you work with a lot of companies across different industries in the country. What are you seeing and where are the green shoots or opportunities that companies should be thinking about today? The one interesting thing similar to skills is this is a once in a generation digitization opportunity. Like when we are old and we look back to this period, when you're in it, you don't see it all the time, right? But we're going to go, holy moly, like that just accelerated and you name it, right? It's hopefully it's your company. I would love to tell that story that you were on this call and, you know, it's like this amazing success story. Like what I see is about five years of digital transformation that's happening in about five months. And this is happening across the board. This is happening on the main streets, like the high streets near our homes, like through efforts like Shop Here, where there's a great story. There is a stationary store in Yorkville called Laywines. And the owner didn't have a website, didn't have anything. COVID hit. He's been operating the store for 30 years. He had zero sales. So he quickly adapted, he worked with folks, he set up a website, he started a digital marketing campaign. Suddenly, he's getting 70% of his traffic is from outside of Toronto. So he's attracting totally new consumer base, he's going global. And secondly, he sees this huge spike in the thousands of percentages on his sales. And he's just now reinvigorated in a different type of business model. And we know that that, that doesn't last forever because now his shop can open and he can do both, right? I'm seeing this with restaurants, with curbside pickup. There's a great restaurant called Fiorentina's and the owner Tina is just around the corner. It's fantastic. She doesn't have a patio. So she lit up curbside pickup like right away. And now what we're seeing there is like, you know, 95% of her sales are from curbside pickup. So there's all these different ways that are being accelerated through digital right now. And I think the research and what we're hearing and what we're seeing is that, especially from APAC and so on, is it does stick when things open up again. It's not like we're going to retreat back. So there's going to be a lot more omni-channel in retail. There's a lot of great work in supporting these businesses as they, they digitize. And these are really businesses, large and small. And, and that's why we, we set up shop here for a lot of the, the Main Street ones. But a lot of the businesses models, I imagine, of the teams that you are working with, and we had a chat about this yourself, 
our B2B model is powering other businesses driving this transformation, right? So I think those are really good times because consumer expectations are rising and they're rising really quickly. And so companies are catching up to that to actually deliver on that expert. Think about curbside pickup, think about grocery delivery times, all these things, right? You want them at Amazon levels and suddenly everyone is, is getting there faster, quicker, et cetera. So what are the business models that can support all of this? And, you know, whether it's domestically and globally. And, and that's another thing that I talk about a lot is I think for Canadian companies that the opportunity of global is so huge. There's 37 million people in Canada and 5 billion on the web. And we're seeing a lot of great businesses do great work targeting globally. Like if you look at Lululemon, yeah. they've gone from a clothes manufacturer to in COVID, they really jumped up their yoga classes on YouTube. So they have this great instructor called Ali Maz, free classes. And this is now suddenly a huge part of their brand and what they do. And then they just bought the company Mirror. So you can start to see how their business model has pivoted and grown. So there's green shoots everywhere. And the digitization is just, I think it is so exciting. Yeah. And it's a really interesting thing to be a part of. As you were saying that, so I get a lot of questions all the time from potential founders or potential people that want to build companies saying, is this a good time? Should we start now? Should we hold off? I think the answer in short is that there's never a perfect time. And if there's actually a great time, it's now. Let's just say for the sake of discussion, if we had a million problems to solve for before COVID, we now all of a sudden created 10 million new problems during COVID to solve yeah. for. So yeah. The opportunity, there's an abundance of, as you mentioned, and I think we have to get way more savvy on the digital side and we have to support the 5 billion people that are on the World Wide Web that we can actually communicate and support on. So it's such a huge opportunity now, to your point. So I agree. Yeah. Shifting into the next question, and maybe along the lines of founders and startups building and selling in difficult times, I think a lot of companies have seen a decreased demand on the sales funnel. What advice can you give tech startups in particular uh, that might be struggling with their sales cycle during this time? I think you, you said it very well that the tea leaves are pretty clear on where things are going. And so, so it, is, it is a good time to take stock of what you're doing. And when you're thinking about the sales funnel, I think really understanding what the business objectives of the person that you're selling to are and how do you position yourself in their business objectives and not just yours and how do you anchor your sell on that? And then if you focus on that and then you follow the places where they are at and the digital tools and the right way to have a conversation about it and so on, that's really the wisest advice of anything because everyone is having a different time, right? Some are doing great, some are having a hard time. So you're selling to them as well. And I think really knowing that discovery process of where are they at right now? And how do I help them solve their post-COVID opportunity or problem is a, a good place to anchor. Awesome. I'm going to ask one more question. The last question I'll ask is probably one of the most important questions that we actually have. It's given on the ongoing conversations around Black Lives Matter. Google has announced that it's going to be taking several steps to strengthen its commitment to racial equity and inclusion. I think there was something along the lines of making products more inclusive and improving diverse representation within internal leadership. From your end, how is Google Canada playing a role in building more inclusive practices and policies that perhaps startups and founders watching today can leverage in their own organizations? And maybe just a follow on to that is how is Google supporting black businesses and startup founders? 
Yeah, I think it's such an important question. And I think, you know, we all experience the crisis within the crisis and the crisis, and it just hit us in in such a personal way. The first thing is, is I would invite everybody to just make the space with your team to talk about it. It's something that we did and we've created a lot of space and people filled the space with, I think, amazing stories that have changed all of us. I think that's one of the most important things that we can all do is to listen and to understand, but then we have to move to action. And I really do appreciate Sundar wrote a blog about our commitment to racial equity, and you can see the steps that are being taken. Um, There's quite a few steps on internally. So really making sure that we improve our representation at Google, that we improve our training, our hiring practices, that we look at supporting Black Googlers, whether it's through wellness, whether it's through the right level of endorsement and mentorship and sponsorship, etc. One tool that is open source that could be helpful to some folks on this call is the unconscious bias training. So there is a site called Rework, where we have an outsourced version for folks to use. And I think that's all really important. But then there's also the external. And this is really about building products for change. There's a lot of work going on right now that's ongoing, where there are folks looking at how do we build the next generation of products for change? How do we really use this moment to shape the future that we want? And that includes there's a fund for YouTube creators. There are funds for Black startups. A lot of those are US focused, but there's some really great work that's going on there as well, because this is just a really important conversation. And we need to start with the companies that we are in and we lead. And then also with the products that we build uh, externally. And I think, you know, we are underway with localizing all of those commitments and taking action. And people are really, really passionate to help. I mean, one example is Shop Here. The 1,500 students that are being hired, there's a real concerted effort to really focus on diverse groups and this hiring because, you know, you give a student that type of opportunity, which is just like this amazing internship where you learn digital skills and you coach. So you learn and you teach, et cetera. Like that's a doorway to a career in tech or digital that may or may not have been there. And I think if we all work on this together too, we're, we're going to get the tech industry that we want on the other side. And I think diversity is, is critical to everything that we do in tech. Well said, Sabrina. Thank you for that. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for giving up your time to help and speak to us, DMZ and our companies and our founders. We're very grateful to you. Thank you so much. One of my favorite people in the country. Continue doing great things. And uh, we look forward to connecting at some point uh, soon. Just a hats off to all of you on the call and enjoy your vacation, Abdul. You need some, you got to take those <laughs> breaks, okay? <laughs> thank you, Sabrina. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you very much for joining. And that's a wrap for this episode of the DMZ Movers and Shakers podcast. Make sure you subscribe and follow our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit us at dmz.ryerson.ca for more tips and tools designed to support your business. Until next time.